This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Anyone can get monkeypox, but the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warns the LGBTQ community faces a greater risk of exposure. Officials say many of the people affected globally are gay or bisexual men. Right now, there are more than a thousand cases in countries where the virus usually isn't found, and at least 30 confirmed cases in the U.S. Here in Illinois, two probable cases have been found in Chicago. Joining us now to discuss this is Dr. Anu Hazra. He's an infectious disease specialist at University of Chicago Medicine. Hi, Dr. Hazra. Welcome to Reset. Oh, thank you for having me. Great to be here. So we've been talking a lot about monkeypox on the show lately. And uh, yesterday, we checked in with Dr. Mia Teramina with Dooley Health and Care. I want you to hear a bit of how she described the disease. Monkeypox is a viral infection that's kind of a cousin of smallpox. It's been around since the 50s with human cases in the 70s and onward. What more can you tell us about this disease? Well, yeah, no, exactly what they said. It's it's a self-limiting viral infection that is, you know, uh, hallmarked by the uh, skin lesions or some sort of pox itself. Very similar to to smallpox or or, or or the other types of pox viruses we know, uh, but but something that we've only really seen in small clustered epidemics outside of uh, West and uh, and Central Africa. Uh, Very different from what we're seeing right now. Yeah, this is the first international outbreak uh, of monkeypox. Why are we seeing this global spread of it? Yeah, it's, um, I, 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 I don't think experts can completely agree on on what's going on, uh, but you know the last time we had a mon- monkeypox outbreak, the largest one out of you know Africa was in Wisconsin back in two thousand three. With you know uh, it linked back to Gambian rats, uh, and that was more contact with you know animals that were exposed to monkeypox. This seems to be more of a sexual or intimate exposure uh, that we're seeing in sort of small clusters across Europe. Canada and now the U.S. Uh, and so it's a little bit different than what we've seen prior um, outbreaks as, but but something that we're obviously concerned about. You mentioned doctors aren't quite uh, agreeing on on the on the, the the reason for the spread. What's the main contention there? I, I I don't think there's a contention. I think we just don't know. And you know, this sort of has popped up in you know in the UK at the very beginning of May, and we've seen it in in, in other parts of Europe, and now in 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 Canada. You know, I I think what what we are realizing that it's while not a sexually transmitted infection, it's definitely transmitted through close contact. Okay. And so what we're seeing is this being spread through sexual networks of gay and bisexual men who have sex with men. Uh, and it's something that's been sort of on alert for us to try to figure out how can we send this message out to the community and, and figure out how to potentially mitigate any of these risks. Can you talk about the two strains that the CDC says is, is circulating in the U.S.? Yeah, so the the West African strain is the predominant strain that's been isolated in most of uh, Europe and in uh, Canada. And that is mostly a, a, a very mostly a mild strain really really causes the the biggest issues with the lesions and and any potential scarring from them um that west african strain is the milder version of monkeypox they 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 feel but i i do believe the cdc has also isolated the other version of monkeypox um in central africa uh and the congo um but that has not still not been the predominant strain in other outbreaks in europe and at canada some cases are going undetected Right. Why is that? Well, I think testing is an issue. I I think, you know, we don't have 
access to widespread testing yet. Still, even testing now uh, for monkeypox, well, you can get it at any sort of you know sexual health clinic in Chicago. Still has to go through IDPH or the Illinois Department of Public Health first, and then to the CDC to become a confirmed case. And so I think the issue now is how can we widen testing or increase access to testing? And and I do think that is also why our numbers are so low or quoted so low. A lot of people make allegories to the beginning of the COVID pandemic, and I I, I agree to that to some extent, mm-hmm. at least um, that, that that that's what we're seeing now. And uh, Dr. Hazra, you talked about this a, a moment ago, but help us understand further. How does monkeypox spread exactly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So monkeypox predominantly, like all pox viruses, spread predominantly through physical contact and contact with lesions. So you think about chicken pox, you think about other types of pox viruses and, and how they spread is typically through contact or direct contact with those lesions. Obviously during sex or some sort of intimate encounters, you will come in contact with those lesions. There is some droplet spread uh, of, of the monkeypox virus, um, and there is concern that it could be airborne as well. But the most deliberate and, you know, the most efficient way that it has spread is really through contact of, uh, of these lesions itself. And, that, and that's really what we've seen uh, across the outbreak currently. And uh, do we know what's behind the fact that a significant portion of the global cases are among gay and bisexual men? I think it just uh, th- these cases have all spread within sort of sexual networks of gay and bisexual men and sex men. So it really isn't so much of it being like a gay disease or anything like that. It just says spread through these sexual networks for this current outbreak. This doesn't mean that in a few weeks that it could be a wider spread or a different type of population that's affected. But I think what a lot of us in the community are trying to at least spread is this awareness and, and making sure folks are, are knowledgeable and understand uh, sort of what's going on. Because we, we really feel like that's more empowering or, or more of an empowering uh, lens to, to, to work under. Yeah. I'm glad you made that distinction, Doctor, because to be clear, this does not mean that the risk of exposure to monkeypox is exclusively to the LGBTQ community, right? Absolutely but, not. But Absolutely you, not. are you concerned, though, that the CDC's emphasis on this group might lead to stigma against LGBTQ people? I, I think the CDC is in a tough spot, I, I, I will say. I, I, I think I, I do think that the director, uh, Dr. Walensky, has taken actually a really uh, a really balanced lens in how they've been addressing uh, this outbreak itself. Uh, but but I, I I will say yes. I mean, the stigma to any disease, you know, even COVID, will impact people wanting to get tested or even disclose if they've been infected or not. So we have to approach this in a in a different type of way uh, and frame it in a different way as well. That that this this virus is out there. You know, while this is not debilitating, this does not cause hospitalizations like COVID does can cause other issues and obviously transmission issues uh, that we need to address and, and, and be able to destigmatize in a way that people would feel comfortable coming forward or at least, you know, uh, being traced. Because I, I, I will say that unlike COVID, uh, monkeypox is a very long incubation period. And, and that's, that's a period where someone is potentially infected but not transmissible. Mm-hmm. And so in, in, the, in that period, you can potentially contact trace and be able to isolate folks before, you know, stopping the, the chain of transmission afterwards. And so, so that, that, that is a, that's a, that's a potential intervention that we could utilize here that we 
maybe have not been able to maximize with, with COVID. You're listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are talking about the spread of monkeypox and the higher risk that the LGBTQ community may face. With us to discuss is Dr. Anu Hazra, infectious disease specialist at University of Chicago Medicine. Uh, so CDC officials, they decided to hold a recent press conference on the monkeypox outbreak just in time for Pride Month. How important is it, you think, for the LGBTQ community to be aware of the situation? Like I said before, I think knowledge is power. I think giving folks information and helping them understand empowers folks to take care of their own health. I, I think what the CDC did was actually a, a great move and, and understanding how Pride Month and all the Pride festivities, not only in the United States, but across the world, may potentially contribute to the spread of monkeypox is, is important for us to understand and for uh, for us to acknowledge, to, to, to see other ways of what we consider harm reduction. So at least reducing the harm or reducing the risk of, of understanding, okay, so what is my risk of potentially contracting this virus and and if I do where do I go and if I you know how do I get tested how do I isolate all this information is really important to bring to our community uh, to make sure that we're able to mitigate again any of these risks that 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 may come across these next few weeks yeah and we know that uh, as we mentioned that the disease might also look like a sexually transmitted infection but any other symptoms or signs that folks listening right now should watch out for I mean it's it's Right. So the, the it's mostly skin lesions or, or a, like a, a pox. You think of like you think of chicken pox or another pox of, you know, we think of in a colloquial sense. There is some prodrome to it. Some some folks do feel fevers, chills, etc. Uh, but what we've seen almost exclusively in at least Canada and my colleagues in Europe have been really just isolated anogenital lesions uh, that look like pox virus. But again, that's mostly by contact. So yeah. it just depends on where the contact happens. What's the latest on vaccine distribution and treatment for monkeypox? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, our, our current smallpox, vac- smallpox vaccine um, will will help um, uh, mitigate any of these issues with, with, with monkeypox itself. But there is no widespread plans of of distributing smallpox vaccine on a on a larger scale, at least not a not as of now. The the CDC did publish um, an MMWR uh, late last week talking about uh, at least distributing potentially monkey uh, smallpox virus uh, vaccine for uh, high risk individuals in healthcare workers or who've been exposed as a high risk. Uh, but there's no plans of you know widespread distribution or widespread uh, vaccination at at this point. MMWR, what's that? Oh, the, the Mortality Morbidity Weekly Report. It's the report that the CDC sends out every week uh, about different types of emerging infections or other things that they're looking at. So we talked earlier about that uh, testing bottleneck, if you will, for, for monkeypox. Yeah. How can folks get tested? Yeah, so um, in the city of Chicago, currently folks can get tested in any academic medical center or uh, specifically um, an FQHC like Howard Brown Health that I'm affiliated with as well. Um, the issue with the bottleneck testing is that it's, again, you think about the same type of PCR testing we think about with COVID-19. Uh, it's the same type of PCR testing, only though certain labs can do it. Uh, and that's our our state labs and IDPH, or Illinois Public Health, or the CDC. Uh, and so those are the those are the largest bottlenecks that we are trying to figure out how can we move around and and really um, uh, widen that access to testing because 
these numbers that are so low in the United States is, is, is not reflective of what's actually going on. Most of us agree. Yeah. Well, as the situation continues to develop with monkeypox, what are you personally keeping an eye on? I'm 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 trying to keep a pulse on the community and and trying to figure out, well, what does the community find that's important and and what's the information the community wants to know? Because uh, I think, again, it's, it's really important to be able to bring this information to our community to figure out, okay, so how can we potentially model our behavior or change our behavior uh, to sort of accommodate or, or accept this type of risk? Uh, again, it's, I think, very difficult in the face of, you know, the pandemic, the two and a half years of people just being very just tired. Uh, we're, we're exhausted by what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so another potential virus that's sort of coming up, I, I think, brings a lot of these types of emotions up. But I, I honestly do think that if people are given the information and able to make their own decisions and, and be able to calculate their own risk, that's a really important tool that they can utilize to potentially reduce their risk of contracting this potential virus. Yeah. I want to pivot for just a moment while I still have you, Dr. Hazra. You're also an expert on HIV and other sexually transmitted infections. Can you just briefly talk about SDIs and their impact on gender and, and sexual minorities? Oh my God, I can talk forever about that. Yeah, Give no. me the one minute version. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think that we as a, as a country have a very reductive way of understanding sexual health. I, I, and that really goes into the epidemics of STIs that we're seeing currently. And, and this place into monkeypox as well. Like our, our 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 understanding of sexual health is very sort of unidimensional. That that we really need to understand what is comprehensive sexual health and how do we destigmatize all of sexual health. Um, and and all of that really feeds into how do we reduce the, the amount of STIs that we're seeing in this country by normalizing testing, by normalizing screening, mm-hmm. uh, by really normalizing just sex itself. And and that's my uh, I'll. That, that's the short box. version. But that, that, that's really what it is. <laughs> well, 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 leave us with, with this. How can LGBTQ people really advocate for themselves in the healthcare setting? What would you recommend? I think it's important for them to really, like, hold their physicians accountable. Hold their healthcare providers accountable. Make sure that they're getting the information they need to make the choices that they have to make in this world. Whether it be about COVID, about monkeypox, about STIs, it doesn't matter. Make sure that you, again, feel, going back to that theme of being, feeling empowered, that, that you should feel empowered by your health. You should be able to take control of that and understand, okay, so what are these decisions I can make with this information I'm getting from my healthcare experts to understand how can I potentially reduce my risk for a certain infection or reduce my risk for something else um, simultaneously. That's Dr. Anu Hazra, infectious disease specialist at University of Chicago Medicine. Dr. Hazra, thank you so much for your time. No, thank you for having me. This is a pleasure. Thank you. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.